You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, From the AfterBuzz studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Legend of Korra After Show. Woo! I know. Harmony. <laughs> back now, as everyone's back from Comic-Con this week, there was an idea to allow me to actually um, jump over this table table repeatedly while putting on Groucho Marx masks <laughs> and to do the after show, but we decided to not go with that because otherwise we wouldn't have the lovely and talented panel starting with Miss Liz Rishmaui. Hey, everyone. And next to her is... Tari Miller, firebender extraordinaire. I took my element. Ha-ha! Well, we've already established your earth and... I mean, Tori, I mean, you're air. No, I wanted to trade with her. (laughs) I'm trading with her. She is fire. I'm earth. I'm Katie Cullen. Hi, guys. (laughs) I do my own introductions. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm John Quick, and in the and I'm the element of surprise. (laughs) (laughs) And in the booth is that asshole. So, (laughs) yep. Moving on. Once again, we're rated explicit on iTunes. (laughs) Get that out of the way. It might as well. All right. And so, ladies and gentlemen, so much has happened this week. Cora has started a war. We've just met a bunch of new Airbenders, and. Mako gave away a scarf. I mean, <gasps> what the hell? Let's I know. Happy. Like the one trademark, like because everybody wears a specific color based on where they're from or whatever. It was like, but the, now you don't have enough red. <laughs> Everyone else has a personality. You have a scarf. Now what do you have? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but starting off with episodes three and four, we have the Earth Queen and In Harm's Way. And so just kicking us off, very beginning of... of uh, the Earth Queen. Of the Earth Queen. Yes, thank you. She is wackadoodle. Yeah. Yes. But I love the scene, too, because I love that we get this little background. We know that this is what Bolin and uh, was really excited about, you know, trying to drag uh, Mako along, too. And we get this beautiful scene where they're just, like, uh, on this airship, and they're starting to go over Ba Sing Se. And did you guys get, like, all kind of, like, nostalgic remembering when um, Aang and the original guys came to Ba Sing Se for the first time? For that, yes. Uh, like cabbages! I, I was... More, uh, <laughs> I was less nostalgic because Bossing Say, if you remember, was probably the most corrupt city in existence. Nothing good ever happens in Bossing Say. Yeah, like, well, all, pretty much nothing good. It's like and, the Namek of uh, Marjorie Cora. <laughs> well, but it still exists. <laughs> oh, oh, I went there too soon. <laughs> it's been years. They brought the planet back with the Dragon Balls. Well, wait, my green just made man. a new one, but all right. Close enough. But Long yeah. series. But, but yeah, I just what? really, I liked how they, um, with nostalgia, I just thought it was interesting because now we're getting the whole new avatar at this place that everybody's familiar with from the last series. Right. But it has changed. They pointed out, oh, we're passing around the outer ring you can smell it up here. It's oh, yeah. the slums, and it's awful. And then they hit the, what, the moon gate, was it? Yeah. And they hit into Pretty the much. inner ring, and look at how beautiful it is. Look how wonderful it is. Look how big the dichotomy is when you hit the wall. Mm-hmm. You think the city has problems? Yeah. 
well, I mean, the city has always had problems, and That's we're true. just going to see. We're going to see being greeted by Secretary Gunn, I believe is his name, yeah. as he lists off all of the rules <laughs> that you must comply with when meeting with the Earth Queen. And it was anybody else like really disturbed? Is like the one of the first things I noticed is like, why are there Dai Li right there? Yeah, like, mm-hmm. as she is proceeding to punish him. A man for creating topiary that was overshadowing the koi pond. But, you know, which, to be fair, I mean, you can't do that. Yes, well. I thought, um, well, she had the guards take him away. That's yeah. um, It was Dai Li. It's one of those beware the groove moments. Yeah, But the Dai Li was always, like, the actual, like... Well, no, they weren't the palace guards, were they? No. Um, no. Yeah, but I didn't really take too much consideration because at this point we've already established that the queen was like a really nasty person. So it kind of just, it didn't really sink in real quick the why the Dai Li would be there because I thought, well, you know, maybe she just always wants the top of the top to be around her. So but I could thought, be. I could have sworn that the Dai Li were disbanded by the end of, or why would they not be? the Earth? They helped overthrow the Earth King. Yeah, I think, I don't know, I mean, it's been how many years? 70? Why so, would she not bring them 70? back? She straight up says that she thinks her father had weaknesses, and mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. she thinks that disbanding the Dai Li were one of them, why would she not have that power back? Obviously, it's what she wants. Yeah. yeah. Which, that was a very interesting introduction. It's like, oh, you, the last Avatar took advantage of my father's weakness and stole Earth Kingdom land from us. Yeah, which, for Republic, the, uh, Republic City. To mm-hmm. create his own little empire, as she said. Which, to, to be fair, I mean, he kind of did. Yeah, I wasn't aware that the Earth King had procreated. Well, where did she come from? Well, she's got to be, like, well, in her, like, 50s. So you imagine it might have been, like... Well, he was kind of like a young king-ish. Yeah. yeah he, he just had her and he probably like traveling with maybe, his bear. Yeah, maybe he went, it was like 20 years later, and then boom, he had a baby. So, <laughs> we don't so know his relationships. Well, no, I'm still questioning, uh, well, we'll, we'll get into it to later episodes, but, you know, like, I'm still questioning where Zuko got a dragon. <laughs> I'm still questioning where Zuko got a dragon, but, but that's me. Dragon well, you babies. see, when a dragon mommy and a dragon daddy love each other very much... <laughs> They set a lot of things on fire, and then somehow there's an egg involved. But I thought the only two left were the same gender, and that was why there weren't more dragons. <laughs> they adopted. Well, yeah. <laughs> from where? Well, here's the thing. Jurassic <laughs> Park stays. We can, keep, we can keep questioning that, but at the same time, they also brought back a different breed of uh, air bison, which wouldn't have made sense because you think that they would have found that, but they just wanted that animal back. So it's just we're just going to hit the retcon button. We're just going right. to through the magic through, through the magic of it happened off screen. Yes. <laughs> but anyway, so they established that the queen is not a nice person. Before then, he brought a uh, gun, brought them to their their place that. That they were staying at, and it was already established right off the bat that uh, Kai seemed to have his own agenda with kind of just running off to uh, pickpocket and use his new airbending skills. Oh, so. yeah. mm-hmm. He's a sneaky little bastard, I'll give him that much. Yes. He is incredibly... <laughs> Well, he had to survive for that long and evade the police and still make money. So, yeah. <laughs> but, and he's in a very big, very rich city. And they probably don't have too terribly many pickpockets in the inner wall because all the riffraff is on the outer wall. Yeah. Right. But, um, but yeah, so basically, you know, Queen establishes that uh, I, don't, I don't know where you're getting your information with Korra. But then basically says, hey, you know fine, I will help you locate airbenders, but first you have to do something for me. After she straight up denies that, no, there there are no airbenders in Ba Sing Se. There is no war in Ba Sing Se. There's right. nothing in Ba Sing Se. <laughs> it's, 
we're just getting like it's just like everything's like kind of like repeated itself, gone right back. Bossing say is a corrupt city again. Yeah. yeah. Everything's in. And did anything did anything about that just feel like kind of like an MMO fetch quest? It's like oh, I will tell you yeah. if you go do this. Yeah. And then we're seeing it's five animal pelts and bring them back here. <laughs> and it's been established basically that uh you know, there's been a lot of um thieves and stuff and and they've been stealing a lot of taxes so now she's all mad she says fine go get me my taxes that these people have not been paying me and then we'll see about helping you because she didn't deny at first that there weren't any airbenders in bossing say that's for later but she did establish that i haven't heard of that or know where you're getting that information but i will try to assist you if you help me with this first yeah but going back real fast so Speaking of thieves, Mako and Bolin trying mm-hmm. really hard to chase down Kai after he decided to give them the slip and now get stuck in the lower ring where we get to see a just ground-level view of just how bad the slums are. Yeah, and well, it- they chase Kai onto a train, and Kai gets off the train, and they don't manage to, so it takes them out outside of the wall. Mm-hmm. And when they try to get back on, not only has Kai pickpocketed them so they can't <laughs> no pay passports. for the tickets, but they also don't have a passport. <laughs> yeah, so Which we don't even know if they had in the first the place, because they've been riding via the, the airship. Yeah. So. But there's no reason for someone in the inner wall to leave. Yes, well... We see a lot of people coming off the train. For all we know, it could be people who live in the outer, uh, the 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 outer circle in the slums, who are have like maybe servant jobs or something in the inner circles, and that's could why be. they have a special passport for that to allow them to do that. So right. could be interesting that you have to have a passport to get to other parts of your own city. Yeah, it keeps mm-hmm. the riffraff out. Yeah, and I think they had that still. Well, maybe it was just people when they were running to bossing, say in the original series, where people needed passports as well. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they wind up going there and, and, you know, they're basically brought back to, you know, their childhood where like, well, I guess we're stuck here. And they wind up, uh, sleeping on the garbage, which is really Just gross. like I remember it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Bolin. Terrible. It sucked then, sucks now. Yeah. <laughs> But then they decide that they're going to play the fruit stand game in order to get themselves some breakfast and just who should appear, but... Looks like a man very, very reminiscent of Bolin. Yeah, well, just even the guy that was arguing with him looks so much like Bolin yeah. in the fruit stand, and he has the same kind of attitude as Bolin about, this is the best fruit, this is rotten. Wait, do you want us to steal the fruit? No. Are you saying, yeah. should we steal the fruit? And then he is just the attacks fruit not good enough for you to steal? <laughs> it's just back and forth and back and forth. It's a who's on first. Right. Yeah. It was a great little moment when he puts his hand on his own apples and, and they just immediately they mush. Just, yes. It's yeah, it's, it's pretty they're, bad. They're trying to sell this, like, in all seriousness. This isn't just they found this fruit in a dumpster and say, hey, who? let's see who we can bilk out of their money. No, like, this is... This is their, apparently, family fruit stand. And he says it's the best fruit on the block. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised. Yes. That's Um, how bad the slums are. Let's let's hammer that point in. Yes. But then, um, you know, and then this guy comes around the corner who apparently seems to be the father of the guy that was running the fruit stand. And he immediately recognizes uh, Mako and um, Bolin and just says, hey, you know, I know you guys, and everybody's just shocked, and I'm sitting here like, well, there is a family resemblance. So so this guy's their uncle. Yeah, and yes. what was it, San? San's San, kid? Yeah. San yeah. was their father, and this mm-hmm. is San's brother. Mm-hmm. So uh, immediately it's the family reunion that Bolin was looking forward to, and they get led off into uh, the, the house to meet the rest of the family. Uh, and there's a- like, what, 14, 15 cousins? This is a very small room with a lot of people in it. Yeah. 
Well, it's actually um, kind of interesting because I was reading up online. They led to an apartment building, which is apparently the same apartment building that Zuko and Iroh were first living at ah, when they got to Bossing City. Oh, really? I would not be surprised. I, that that was reading that online. Some fan, some fans were going like, "Isn't this the same building?" And they're like, "Oh my god, I think it is." So <laughs> they would put Easter eggs mean. like that. Yeah. And that oh makes yeah, sense. there's all yeah. sorts of fun stuff. Yeah. But um, but yeah. So then they they go in and they meet the uh, the family members, and you know, host, show happens that you know they get to meet the grandmother, Grandma Yin, or Grandma Yin, uh, who's the mother of San and uh, their uncle. And uh, we we apparently we find out that as soon as the father had left, you know, they're talking about he always wanted to leave out of here. He wanted better things. He wanted to travel. We're so proud of him. How is your parents doing? And then it's all you sad don't know because what we don't we know. Yeah, we realized that um, you know this family it's so sad that they've been so disconnected and, and out of touch with one another that they have to explain our parents are dead. Yeah, well, um, they were Son, killed. Son only ever sent them one letter. Yes, and it was a picture with them when they were young. Yeah. So, I mean, if we can, I, the episode kind of skips to certain points, but if we want to just kind of stay on this one particular arc. Yeah, let's talk uh, about this and then go back. Yeah. yeah. And, and then we can get to the badass ass kicking. But. Yes. Right. <laughs> yes. But, um, but basically, uh, okay, so then, so then, you know, they're talking to the family and the, and the grandmother says, you know, I want to show you guys something to which you said that they show the letter. And she said, this is the only letter that Son has ever sent me. And it's this great picture of them on black and white. And you see the scarf and everything and he sees a family and she's saying you know uh, to I think she was saying it to Mako you have your mother's eyes and I knew that this you know woman would be a wonderful wife for my son I'm sad I never got to meet your mother yeah mm-hmm. and uh, there's that touching moment because like we were joking about earlier in the episode that you know Mako is known for that scarf and it's just this very touching moment where Mako basically you know looks at it and then just gives it to the grandmother saying I think that the, he would have wanted you to have this because I believe it was his father's scarf yeah yes. which is yeah, interesting. His, his father's father wearing it in the picture. Yeah. <laughs> but um, you know, so they have that really touching moment. And what did you guys think about that scene? Because I like, I just, I'm so sad. <laughs> My heart. It it got me. It seemed it was kind of like a turn back to like the the classic Avatar. Where like, well, they'll have those like really touching scenes that actually seem well deserved and mm-hmm. you know very well earned. And th- this scene was one of those. Yeah. I found it funny, though, I mean, for anybody out there who's ever met distant family, how close the connection was, like, immediately. Because these are two guys who have been out on their own for so long. They haven't had family until they really met Cora and established them as their family. But now they're really making this connection. And it was a very quick connection. But, I mean, cause this all happened within, like, 24 hours. Right. <laughs> so, you know, we have that little moment there. And then... I guess where it cuts out to is Bolin saying, oh, poor, you know, because they were asking how they wound up there. And, oh, poor Kai is probably scared and alone. And then we cut to the scene where Kai is on a big bed. <laughs> He's living yeah. the high life. In He's got servants bringing him meals. And gold just, coins. And he just says, well, I been, love bossing, say. He's been pickpocketing a lot of wealthy people. Yes. Yeah. And Mako and Bolin. <laughs> yes. I think it would be an interesting thing. What if Yin actually was the Earth Kingdom girl that Zuko went on the date with in Tales of Bossing Sing? That would be oh, funny. That'd be awesome. And I, I didn't. That look would at, be. Glo- well, what was her name? 
Tell us in the comments, yeah, fandom, please. what was her name? Yes, we can look. But I also thought it was interesting, and this might have been, this is just from what I heard when I was watching the episode, and I, I'm, again, fans, tell us if I'm right, or I will Google it when I get home, but <laughs> I think the voice actress who did Grandma Yin was the same voice actress that might have done the voice of the creepy grandma lady that taught um, bloodbending. Uh, bloodbending. It sounded oh. very similar. So I don't know if that was the same voice actress, but I was I, I, I almost like I was trying to like this woman and then that kind of creeped me out. Let's go back to the nice theories. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm creeped out too and I like Grandma Yin. She yes. was adorable. Yes. And I still think she was it was cute with the shout out like, Oh, don't speak bad of the queen. Love you. Long may she reign. <laughs> it's like that was extremely North Korea. Yeah. Yeah. But um, but anyway, so, you know, again, sticking with the family scene, um, you know, we, we realize when they do mention Kai and how they got there and they talk about what they're doing there and how they're friends with the Avatar. And they basically said that they're on this quest that they want to help uh, find the airbenders. Mm-hmm. And then we get the scene where the family members are just kind of, <gasps> they all just kind of shut up immediately. And they and this is a family where there's always some background noise going on. People are chattering, but that dead silence in that room after they say that. Yes. And, uh, you know. So, yeah. Then we find out that the airbenders have been uh, kidnapped by the queen. Uh, so that Conscripted. They c- conscripted. Yes, sorry. Conscripted. I, I, forgive my word usage. You say tomato. <laughs> I, say I say kidnapping. Entrapment. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, which was crazy. So that, like, and... And then you find uh, Kai getting caught by the Dai Li. Yeah. Well, that was more toward the end. but we After just... he earth bends to try to pickpocket right. another guy. But just to find out in this scene where they are picking all these airbenders apart because for some secret, you know, uh, air army for the Earth Kingdom. And, uh, you know, and that's when we realize that. You know, like, I had a right not to like this queen lady. <laughs> well, you had a right not to like this queen yeah. lady anyway. She doesn't like animals now. But, well, yes. We've had a lot of clues, and then coming up next, we're going to see even bigger ones as we switch back to Korra and Asami actually exactly. do go out on their MMMO quest. And <laughs> With the airship. MMMO. With the airship. So many M's. And they land there, and... Pretty much, it's one of those scenes where everyone sees them and just kind of, you know, takes the kid inside and closes the door and hides behind something because, oh, shoot, the Queen's agents are here. We don't want to be here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You well, were they, well, they know, well, again, they know something's up. It's kind of like the scene in, like, an old Western when you know the shootout's about to happen. Everyone's oh, yeah. closing up. The guard, even the guards know that something is about to go down as they're bringing the gold out. And then, lo and behold, we have bandits come in from the hill. And what is probably one of the better fight scenes so yes. far that we've seen. It basically mm-hmm. becomes Mad Max. Yeah. That's pretty much exactly what happens because they come riding in on motorcycles and one armored car and they've all got spears and God knows what else and they're trying to steal the money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is funny because then all of a sudden she says, maybe we should have brought more people. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, are you just, oh, it's a fetch quest. We'll be fine. And yeah. then, not so much. Yeah. Well, it d- didn't seem like they needed much. I mean, we already knew that Korra could handle herself in a fight, but who was really surprised to see Asami just take people down? Yeah. Not amazing. Well, not we did. We, well, because not we saw her in action on the last series, yeah, or the last season rather. Uh, you know, kicking. Even butt. in season one, I feel like she everybody was completely capable. I feel yeah. like everybody in the series is just automatically taught some sort of martial arts from the get go, regardless of. Uh, well, in season one, her uh, dad. 
got someone to teach her how to defend herself because his wife was dead and she was an heiress to a large corporation, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, so So she did get the training because of her social standing. Mm -hmm. But she's what TV tropes would call a badass normal. Yes. She doesn't have any special powers, but she still destroys people. And it's beautiful to watch. (laughs) She does have the ability to flip and wear an electric glove, though. Yes, which is awesome. And then I love how, um, you know, they're they're fighting the scene and everything, and then it gets to the point where they stop the guys from getting the gold. And then the bandit even makes a comment like, you are on the wrong side, Avatar. This is the money of the people. That gold belongs to the people, not the queen. Yes. Got it. There you go. (laughs) I left my notes Occasionally, (laughs) I write down quotes. Occasionally, it works out. Says the guy that does look like an extra out of Mad Max. He really does. This belongs to the people. Yeah. Not the queen. Zoom. Yes. And then, like, you know, no, I think I'm they're go not rob wrong. someone else. Oh, <laughs> well, I think it was more like a, of a Robin Hood kind of thing. Yes. Because to yeah. me, you know, I imagine that they would have just given it back to people as, as yeah. dangerous as they looked and not very nice. But even Cora had a moment of self-reflection where she said to Asami, you know, like, I, why do I have the gut-wrenching feeling that he's right? Yeah. You know, they do feel bad about this. So, uh, you know, getting back... Um, yeah, but then um, she she presents the gold to the Earth Queen in her usual Korra fashion. I, I do have to love that no matter who you are or what state of authority, Korra doesn't care. Korra mm-hmm. yes. will just yell at you. <laughs> Here's your dirty money, throws it at her feet. Now tell me where the... Now tell me where all the airbenders are as I stand inside your throne room surrounded by a bunch of men who could kill me. Yes. And basically There are no airbenders in Bossing say. <laughs> yes, and that's what she says and Cora immediately calls her on her uh crap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Trying to find censored versions here. Sorry for the listeners <laughs> who have already been scorned. Um but you know, we we find out that you know, we can already tell she's lying, but she says basically there are no airbenders here. But the good news is, is, uh, and I, I might be leading into the next episode. I with think this you're bit. leading okay. into the next episode. But we find one. out that, you know, and Cora has to basically be dragged away saying, I know you're lying. There are airbenders here in this, in the city and I'm going to find them regardless of what you say. I'm going to find them. And then that's when I think the last scene of this, uh, episode is when, um, Basically, we see Kai trying to rip off that one last person, and then he turns into a dark alleyway, and we know right away that there's probably something's going to happen. We have the yelling, I'm going to find them. We have giving the scarf to Grandma, and we're looking for airbenders. And then we have Kai getting kidnapped. You're so very reminiscent of the scene where Jet actually got captured. Yes, the mm-hmm. yes. And this is again, this is what I like about this episode in the season right now, where when we're we're visiting old places we haven't seen for seasons, and and it just gives us this a lot of Easter eggs and reminiscence of reminding us of those past episodes, which I think is so. You know, I know some people that watch the series that haven't seen the original Avatar, um, and I think it's like one of those things where it's really important that you should yeah. know. <laughs> I should probably probably watch it. What do you, right. do you have any thoughts on that scene? Uh no. <laughs> God, well, in the shadows. Well, Speaking of places from previous seasons, we're back at the North Pole. Yes. yes. Well, this is going now into No, it was nope, in this episode. Yes. Yeah. Yes. We are back at the North Pole because Zuko is visiting, help me with the twins' names, Eska and Desna. Desna. Yeah. Eska and Desna, saying, we yes. need to check on a secret prison you got kicking around up here. We yes. have a secret, we have a secret prison? Why didn't you tell us this? We'd be throwing people <laughs> in like, it. We've been so bored. We're like really happy that something's happening. And then they go off to... And they're with Korra's father. What is... um. Tonrock. Thank you. Yes. Tonrock. I am bad at names. Yes. <laughs> and then we find out, and then it 
P.S. flashes forward into the next episode. It gives us a little something to grab onto because we already know that they're on track for this prison because there's already been prison breaks with the other ones, as yeah. we find into the next episode. And as we get our brief introduction to Pei Lee, who we're going to find out a lot more in this next episode coming up, but that... Just before it goes, that just one little conversation that they oh, have yes. in the elevator. That, that elevator. That <laughs> she can create one? explosions with her mind. Oh, I hired come. someone like that to kill the Avatar once. Well, splody head. Didn't, it didn't work. work. Yeah, it didn't work. Like, look at him. That's okay. Oh, Lord, that was so funny. <laughs> I tried to yeah. kill her once because she ruined my wedding. Yeah. It happens. Murder. It happens. Yeah. <laughs> Tom Rock's just standing there like... We should. Focus. Where am I? Who are you people? <laughs> yeah. Is anybody just even just a little bit surprised that those two are allowed to like you know because they're they're now the I guess dual chiefs of the Northern Water Tribe even though their father tried to unleash basically Satan. Well, they did do an alliance flip on their father. They basically right. realized, yes. oh, this is not good. We need to stop you now. Yeah, they yeah. proved themselves in the end, and I think it's one of those things where it just happens how it happens. I mean, she even made a joke, too, like, it's okay, I tried to kill Korra. <laughs> it <laughs> so, happens. it happens. Stuff. I get. I guess so. I guess if, if I was going to do that, I would also have to really complain about the fact that Zuko was allowed to be Fire Lord. Right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. He's probably done worse things, too. So. Avatars are typically Honor. bygones be bygones kind of people. Yeah. yeah. But now that we're actually at this prison that leads us in at the beginning of Harm's Way, we actually have... Episode 4. Yeah, episode 4. We have Zaheer and company attack, attack the prison in order to rescue Pei Li. And the, just the lead up to that alone, we have everybody standing outside in the usual stand in a line, wait for things to happen, and Ton Rock just commenting. I was like, there's... Or no, it wasn't Tonrock that commented on. It was Zuko that commented on how he doesn't see anything but a snowstorm coming their way. And that's no snowstorm. <laughs> that's what right. Tonrock them. says. That's no moon. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and basically, so we have this amazing, again, another really great uh, animated sequence with the fighting and everything. And it's cool, too, because we're getting to see Zuko in action um, uh, with these other guys. And I believe it was um, Gazan. Mm-hmm. And he's the lava bender, and we have Mingwa, and uh, of course Sahir, and they're mm-hmm. all basically fighting. And then uh, who should try to uh, actually uh, Pei Li get out is uh, Mingwa. And I love the little comment where, you know, she's happy and finally she's out, and then they're climbing the walls, and the thing she's like, why can't we just take the elevator or show off? <laughs> <laughs> but shut up. Yeah. I mean, well, here's the thing. Like, if I was trapped in a prison for 13 years, I think, you know, as Mingwa yeah. was, and she has no arms, now she finally has arms after 13 years, I'd probably want to use them as much as I could, too. Right. Well, and I wouldn't want to get into a little enclosed box, either. Yes, no. where they could just destroy the elevator. <laughs> and we're, all, and yeah. we're also seeing, like, as Zuko had said, like, you know, them alone can take down any bender together. Who knows what they'll do? Like, we see them pretty handily take down Tonrock, Zuko, and a the dragon, and the twins. And we've already yeah. seen, like... The and a tw- dragon. Yeah. <laughs> and a dragon. We've already seen that... We saw in the last season, the twins are no slouches when it comes to waterbending. No. And yeah. Ming-Hua takes them out with, like, yeah. barely an, uh, oh, wait, there's this ledge that I need to step over, kind yeah. of. And her her character fascinates me, and I really hope... Because um, I know that we're, we're getting later into the season, but I really hope that there is at least one episode where we look into the backgrounds of these characters characters because I want to know how the chick with no arms how hard that must have been to not using that movement with your arms because usually most bending requires arms and hands and I think it's fascinating that she has mastered this bending technique without arms and I think that was like one of the coolest ideas I was wondering if it was like 
the case where they had removed her arms so she couldn't use bending anymore. No, because then they would have like they would have just done that to the other guys. Well, I mean, they would have just taken her bending. Yeah, yeah. or fair enough. You know, as, yeah. Something. Well, okay. When they surfaced, the avatar was three years old, yes. so maybe not. Yes, and then that's when, uh, you know, so then they escape, and I think my favorite scene is, uh, uh, you know, we know that Pei Li and Zaheer are boyfriend and girlfriend, as was uh, commented in, a, in an earlier episode where we're going to release, oh, ming actually said it, she said, oh, you uh, released me before your girlfriend, call me, you know, honored, or whatever it was, mm-hmm. and, you know, we have them in this romantic moment of, I thought I would never see you again. And, I never doubted. And then they're just basically <laughs> kissy, 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 kissy. And then we just kind of, the camera just pans out a little bit. We see Gaza just kind of like driving disgruntled. And be, Re- now? Really? You have to do <laughs> it's that It's been now. about 13 years. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. It's just, fight, fight, fight. Kiss, This kiss, is kiss. still rated Y7, I think. So, you know, it only gets to so much. But yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. And that's why we cut to a different story. Yes. We're back, back in. Meanwhile, back at the plot. say. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, uh, you know, we have uh, basically um, Cora and um, and everybody outside, and then who should finally come back into play, but, you know, Mako and Bolin, and they're just, where the heck were you guys? And, and like, Bolin so by the way, yeah, so by <laughs> the way, this is a thing that is happening, and the airbenders are all being kidnapped, and, um... Well, no, first, what were you saying? Well, Bo- Bolin pr- proceeds to explain it yeah. in his Bolin way, <laughs> yes, which Mako that. then has train, to translate. Train, right. and Kai, and then inner hell circle, Nobody. and family, Nobody. And then airbenders, queen, ah, and he just basically falls over. Falls over. (laughs) Can Um, you translate? Yes. And then we, you know, they do find out, and immediately Cora is enraged by this because she knew, she knew she had a feeling she knew the queen was lying. And then the Earth Queen show up on the scene. I leave a secretary gun trying to basically just shove them out of the city, creating this false light. It's like, oh, yeah, so apparently there's this province on the exact other end of the kingdom yes. that you should really go to. And then, well, the queen was there. Yeah. She's the one who was saying yeah. it. So you can leave by tonight, right? Yes. Like, no, we can't leave because, and Asami steps in, because we're having engine trouble and it'll take me until at least tomorrow to repair it. And which the like, queen is smooth. not happy about. <laughs> And evidently she is allergic to pretty much every animal under the sun as Pabu's presence causes her to go into a sneezing fit. Yes. Yes. Which is gratifying in that elementary school sort of way. Yes. (laughs) Nothing quite like petty vengeance. Yes. But now that we know that for a fact, or at least our now main characters know for a fact, that uh, the Earth Queen is conscripting any airbender that's found within Ba Sing Se and probably throughout the entire kingdom into her first... Um, airbending legion or army. army, first airbending army for the for the purposes of the Earth Queen. I mean, of course, everyone's going to hat up and go save them. But as but as we can see, going down into the facility in which they're training them with Kai, just it's not. It, it's very much not a you know you're actually a part. Be proud to be part of the army. It's very much a. I don't know exactly what they're really plans for these guys. They're training them to airbend in probably the worst way. Yeah, not right. to mention it's interesting to me too because here we have this Earth Kingdom and and the Dai Li who are all Earthbenders and I just I just find it very interesting. I mean, obviously at one point all all benders had to figure out on their own how to become a master at bending without guidance, mm-hmm. but we basically have a bunch of um 
earthbenders yelling at, you know, different things where basically the airbenders have to try to figure it out on their own, which is a totally harder way because there is no airbending master to teach them for on behalf of the Earth Army. Well, not only that, I was noticing, like, and they talk a lot about when they were developing the different bending styles, how they would base them off of real martial arts. The movements that these airbenders were trying to do were basically earthbender movements that just so happen to like yes. do blasts of air which is I probably tra- the worst way exactly like, right but that's what they know yeah. yeah well that's exactly like when we flash back to the original series when ang is being taught by um Toph, how hard it is for him because on the spectrum they explained in that series that basically earth is the opposite of air as far as bending is concerned which is why he it was so hard for him to try to really grasp it because air is this fluid moment movement rather and you know they're they're peaceful and you know they're freaking monks they're not really like fighting if anything they learn these techniques just like monks nowadays with their actual uh martial art arts they're not doing it it's basically it's like evasion it, and misdirection. It's a mind training, a meditation thing. They 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 know how to kick butt basically, but they don't really use it for those purposes. Right. And where earth bending is very in your face, forward. Yeah. I'm trying to remember because I so remember it's, it's the difference between a physical martial art as opposed to a spiritual based yes, uh, ex- Thai yeah. key, however you want to define it. Yes. Uh, based- And I think, uh, I wish I remember, because I remember the thing that I liked about watching the original series on Nickelodeon is um, they would have these um, scenes where they were talking to the animators about how they came up with this. And they actually talked specifically about which martial arts they had studied to create the movements. Airbending was based off of Bagua. Bagua. And and then I think water was Tai Chi. And I think that fire was Kung Fu. I cannot. Northern Shaolin style. Yeah. And I can't for the life of me remember what Earth was based on. Oh, that was Hungar. Okay. So, yeah. So we have these different movements. And and again, which is why I thought it was very interesting that they're trying to to train these airbenders. Because they would have, this would have been a really crappy army, I think, (laughs) if they succeeded. Not necessarily. Because if you get a hard enough gust of wind, you can drive toothpicks through trees. We've all seen the pictures of aftermath of tornadoes and whatnot. <laughs> yeah. And earthbending is very much an in-your-face style. Well, you teach someone to airbend in that method, and you're not going to have any fluidity. You're not going to have any ability to change, but well, you're going to have a lot of force, yeah. and right. that's all they want because that's what they know as earthbenders. Well, it's mm-hmm. also, yeah, and it's interesting that you mentioned that to me because now I'm also remembering uh, when um, Iroh had learned the lightning technique from watching waterbenders. So it's very interesting to see where they can go with this this series is um, when you take the movements and the um, effects from one type of bending and you put it toward another, you get something completely different. If not meant for what it was for, but you get something different. And, right. You know, we see that later on in the episode, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, so anyway, so you come back where they're trying to figure out where they could be hiding and then that's when um, Mako basically says, what about Lake uh, Laogai? And, of course, that makes... Con- it I've makes been a reading Janora's ways- books. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're all kind of confused. Like, how do you know about this? <laughs> I've been reading Janora's books. Which yeah. makes perfect sense, because that's where the Daily were based out of before, which, yes. you know, they, course, they take Janora there, and then we get to see, I guess, we've, we've seen subsets of bendings from um, all the different 
arts, but this is the first time we're seeing a subset of airbending, which is apparently astral and, projection. And spiritual. Mm-hmm. And this is when we come to find out. Well, she's done this before. Yes, yes, but they were surprised to find out that she did. She could still do it, even though it wasn't during harmonic convergence. Mm-hmm. And as she you know, says, like, no, I can still do it. It's a little, it's not as easy, but I can. So, like you said, they take her to Lake Laogai, and she basically projects herself and again i love the reminiscence of this episode but it's so creepy because those were the creepiest episodes when they were brainwashing people Mm -hmm. oh my gosh yes and we see how empty and deserted it is basically and And she's swimming yeah but then she's able to use her spiritual connection with Kai. I love ten lines. <laughs> what, what do you mean? What connection? What are you, you, you talking about? You don't have a connection. Because, <laughs> you know, as Cora asked her, she said, well, how did you find me during harmonic convergence? She says, well, I just kind of felt you out. I felt out your energy. And she goes, well, can you, you, you have this connection with Kai. Can't you feel out his energy? What connection? Yeah. Just Tenzin's face in the background. Yes. Just Tenzin being a dad. Yeah, you got to remember he's a dad. (laughs) So, you know, so, you know, sure enough, she she does try to focus on that and who should, you know, and this is at this point, um, going back to when they were training, Kai has basically been trying to be nice and be light on the other uh, airbenders and this, this one Dai Li guy is just... Well, the training they set up is they have them in two lines across from each other, and they're basically like, spar, go, airbend at each other. Right. Do the best you can to hurt each other, mm-hmm. and do the best you can to block Show no mercy. Yeah. yeah. And Kai Cobra gets paired Kai. up with this kind of weak, sickly-looking little kid who straight up says, go easy on me. I'm not good at this. And who, so Kai who immediately does thought gets... John Snow and Samuel Tarley? That's what I was thinking the entire time, and that the training sequences were... You know, you're not wrong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, d- I didn't think of that, but I can see it now. Uh, yeah. 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 I can see it. Yeah. yeah. I like so, it. So, Kai's going easy on him, and the yes. Dylee's yelling at him. But that was we the have first another exercise, exercise, too. And we have another exercise where they're literally throwing rocks at them. They are earthbending the earth disks that you see in um, pro-bending yeah. at them, and you have to try and block them. And But yeah. we kind of need to... Move on. We need to move a little bit past here to the. Uh, well, he gets locked. In, he gets locked, locked into in. this other place. He tries to I mean. defend yeah. the other kid, and they lock him up. Yes, and then uh, and then so that's when um, Janora finds him, and she says, "Don't worry, we're gonna. You know, where where are you?" He goes, "I don't know. We're somewhere down." And then thank goodness that she can actually travel up. It's not just being in the scene where they are, and she sees ah, it's the queen's new temple. Because of course she's building her new army underneath yes. a shrine to herself. Of course. Right. And, and like you mentioned in the first uh, episode three that I didn't actually notice, but you did right away, is why is there Dai Li in this area under this weird construction thing? Like, why would they be there? And it all makes sense now. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, going, you know, going further into the episode, they start to try to do the the planning of how to save this. And before then, we do find out um, Toph's daughter, Lin... Lin comes in and she wants to originally take Korra away because they found out about this escape back up in the Northern Temple. Um, And we find out why she was locked away since she was three. And she finds out for the first time because for some reason they don't know why but this troop of evil guys want the Avatar. So Lin's first priority is is we need to take you back to Republic City where I can can, um, I can protect you. And she's like, well, we no, I'm doing the airbender thing. Like, I'm not doing that anymore. Like, I'm the freaking Avatar. Like, let me help you. And I love that they explain that because that's one of the things in the first season that was just irksome. It's like, okay, why is she locked up? Why is she a sheltered kid? What's going mm-hmm. on? Two seasons later, finally. Oh. But, but notice, like, the four people that were involved in that. There was Tonrock, 
Chief Sokka, um, Tenzin, and Zuko. What out of those guys is no longer alive? Yes. Yeah. So this could be the first hint as to why Sokka is no longer in the series. They've they've said that, oh yeah, Sokka died before the beginning of the show. Was this how he went out? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, I honestly think he was the one that designed the prisons. Yeah, that would make that sense. I wouldn't be surprised if he survived that encounter and then designed all those prisons because they're really clever. Yeah, but um, but going on to the move, so they all plan, and I, I love the little bit with um, uh, the the brother of Tenzin. Boomy. Oh, Boomy. Boomy is a glorious human being. We need this. We need this. And they're like, no, let's just take this from the get go. So then we flash forward, and we have basically everybody helping out. Um, Janora distracting the guards, and then we have the team of Korra and Tenzin rescuing the rest of the airbenders, where because Janora knows where Kai's at, she runs off with Mako and Bolin. And they're all getting saved, and, you know, I find it so funny, too, that the bigger group of people escaping managed to kind of get out to the, at least the exit scot-free, but of course it's Kai and and the, and the, just the three people there that get caught. Well, it was, it was, it was kind of interesting, like, when, they the bigger group escapes and they fight and they fight off the Dai Li and the Earth Queen is right there basically handing down the threat of if you leave with my soldiers yes. I will consider this an act of war because as mm-hmm. Bumi did mention earlier he said she actually does as screwed up as it is she does have the right to do this right. because yeah. they're her subjects yes yeah. which is really messed up when you think about it extremely <laughs> it's like a more extreme version of some sort of like forced draft but yeah. mm-hmm. they but they have both um asami's airship and lin's airship and they're all trying to leave but you notice that they all take off and bolin mako janora and kai are like nowhere to be seen they're yeah. already like up and away and they're and then- basically asking is that everybody okay cool go <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we need help yeah and then it was very interesting too and then that's where we come into the, again when we're talking about how they're forcing the airbenders they don't care so much about perfecting it as much as the force of air because yeah. they use that force to fight off rocks and flying yeah. heavy heavy objects and artillery out their way and um, what's fun is they've been training these airbenders to fight off rocks and now that they're trying to earthbend at them to keep them from leaving, the airbenders have the training to bring them down. Right. Mm-hmm. And Good so, job, everybody. Right? <laughs> and then I, I also love that little moment again. We're building on the relationships between Kai and Janora, where Janora gets caught by the one Dai Li dude who basically was the one who's giving Kai so much trouble. Mm-hmm. And Kai gets to say that last word in again, where he basically knocks him off his butt. Janora does that last little wave attack because she's, you know, she's the freaking master yeah. airbender here. And he just says, oh, I guess I was as good as I thought I was. Oh, but even leading up before that, Janora rescues him as soon as he opens up. She just goes in and gives him a kiss on the cheek. Yes. And Bolin does his... <laughs> and then Tens is not going to like that. I love that Mako's like, tell him. don't tell him. And he's like, but I have to. <laughs> it's like, so juicy. juicy. <laughs> and, and Bolin is like looking right down at Kai. It's like, oh, we totally forgive you, little brother. And Mako... Mako's like, no, 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 I don't. No, we don't. He's like, no, he's like, it was like, how can we stay mad at you? We couldn't stay mad at you. And then Mako's like, yes, we can. I have and a lot of money this, in that wallet. Yeah. And this is why the large group of airbenders got out scot-free, and this group got caught in the hull. It's because the they stood there talking. <laughs> mm-hmm. But anyway, Talking is not a free yeah. action. But now we end out the episode with Tenzin... Uh, looking at the the new airbenders, the ones they just freed, and basically giving them a After choice. After they pick them up on yeah. the awesome yeah. air bison, and they they all run away, and now they're basically outlaws from the from from Ba Sing Se. So right. we can either relocate you, find you completely new homes, or you can come and learn to be an air nomad. And they're all like, "Sign me up!" 
Air <laughs> Nomad, and just the look on Tenzin's face, just realizing that, yes. It's possible. But, it's happening. Yeah. All we had to do was save them from a life of enforced servitude. Good yeah. to know. Yeah. Because, I mean, when you think about it, this is the one option where it could have actually happened, though, because even if they do have lives that they want to continue leading, they can't go they back. They can't go back. Yeah. And it sucks. I mean, so it's... It is, it, it really, I think, if it wasn't for this one scene, I think it would have been more interesting to see how they would actually recruit airbenders because they don't have the choice. So they have their large group right here and now. Yeah. And then that's when uh, Tenzin and Korra, we, we have to split ways for at least a little bit because Korra, um, As- Asumi? Asami. 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 I'm sorry. Asami, um, Mako, and Bolin basically go off on their own with Lin, I believe. Um, and then Tenzin and Janora and Kai and all the other airbenders go up to the, was it the Back northern airbender? Is, yeah. is it the north, northern? No, to the nor- going to the northern air, air temple. temple. Yeah. Yes. And, um, and that's when we, I think, leave off with the show yes. into yes. next week's episode. Which great stuff. And speaking of great stuff, Miss Cullen. We have a goodie bag for you. What? Yeah. So our wonderful host, Megan Salinas, you may have seen her. Interrupted Yay. by applause. Thank you, Booth Guy. Yeah, okay, so Megan gets applause and none of us do. Megan's not even here. I mean, come on. <laughs> They're applauding us in their hearts. <laughs> oh, well, fine. Nobody gets swag. <laughs> I'll just keep it. Jeez. So our wonderful host, Megan Salinas, went to San Diego Comic-Con and was able to pick up a swag bag from Nickelodeon. The Ooh. kind people at Nickelodeon provided all these wonderful goodies for us. So we have... A watch, Tumblr. Watch, you should, guys should probably watch the YouTube channel when this comes out. Yeah, like physically so see, see the shiny stuff. stuff. We have yes. a Tumblr. We have a Nickelodeon shaped USB drive. What? That one's pretty sweet. We have a lovely Legend of Korra shirt. Size oh, large. Sweet. Size large. And we have the official Comic Con Nickelodeon staff shirt. Quadruple sweet. So it's comes. got the Comic Con logo on the sleeve and staff on the back. What size is that? I don't know. <laughs> But it's lovely. But medium. it all comes Size in this medium. lovely crunchy roll tote bag. Completely Totes. unrelated to anything else. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for announcing that. Yes. And so, how can the lovely people get grab this bag? Here's how you win the swag. You follow all four of us on Twitter. Mm-hmm. You rate us on iTunes. Five stars, please, because please, please. we love you. You could comment on iTunes, Commenting too. on iTunes would be great, too. You have to comment, because we can't tell if you've rated unless you comment. There you go. That's true. So Thank rate you, and comment Stephen on Lemire. iTunes. Mm-hmm. And comment on the YouTube video telling us why you like our After Buzz show. Why do you like us recapping Legend of Korra? And we'll pick a winner. Yay! Yeah. To be announced next week. There you go. So thank you all for joining us. And so that you can win these prizes, you can find me at Twitter at at NowQuick. Uh, my name's Katie Cullen. You can find me on Twitter and Tumblr at Kiaxe. That's K-I-A-X-E-T. I'm also on the Attack on Titan, Sword Art Online, and Ruby panels. And my name's Liz Rishmaui. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lizzie Maui. That's L-I-Z-Z-Y-M-A-W-Y. You can also catch me on the Sword on Online panel and later on tonight, the BBC The Musketeers panel and on Thursday nights with Tari here in Dominion. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm Tari J. Miller. You can catch me on Twitter at Tari J. That's T-A-U-R-I-J-A-Y. Uh, I'm on the Thursday Dominion panel, Sword Art Online panel, and the Extant panel. And thank you, guys. We'll see you all next week. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. 
To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.